what is time shifting and how can it help astronauts who will journey to Mars and beyond? Welcome to Textination. I'm Fred Fishkin, and joining us are Jim and MJ Margraff, a husband and wife team of entrepreneurs and authors. So wonderful to see you both. Thank you, Fred. Thank you so much, Fred. Good to be here. Well, you have quite a story to tell. Uh, you're the co-founders of Canoe, K-I-N-O-O, which we've talked about with Jim, which allows grandparents and grandchildren to play together remotely in fun and unique ways. I can tell you firsthand, great fun. So what might this have to do with space? MJ, I'll let you start. <laughs> uh, you're a commercial pilot, author of Finding the Wow, How Dreams Take Flight at Midlife, and now are focused on space health. Tell us about this. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Fred. It's good to be here. My field is space health. And so uh, with that in mind, let me pose this question to you. Uh, imagine you're in a space capsule very far from home and in very confined conditions. Um, the conditions that astronauts are in, particularly if they're on long duration flights, is called ice, isolated, confined, and extreme conditions. The extreme is that it's quite hazardous. Uh, we've all experienced isolation. This is that uh, to an even greater extent. And as it turns out, isolation is one of the five top behavioral risks that NASA's addressing. Plenty of evidence to say that we need to address it, Fred, but, but uh, still looking for innovations that can help mitigate this thing called social isolation in space. And that's, that's what I have been working on for some time now. And, and it's, we can relate this to what you're doing with Canoe because it, it helps with the isolation very often of senior citizens, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, when uh, my research began uh, to uh, look at um, how I may be able to come up with an innovation that, that NASA is seeking, it, it was evident that there was a relationship and, uh, and that's the society. It's not unusual for the, for the uh, solutions that we seek for space to have an application on Earth. That happens a lot. Yeah, well, that's what I like to tell people who, who ask me, what, what are we investing all this money in space for? And I've been a space you know, fan since drinking Tang for breakfast and watching Walter <laughs> Cronkite for the early morning launches. Way there back. you go. So, Jim, let's, let's bring you in here because you have kind of a presentation that, kind, that can paint the picture for us of what it is that we're talking about. Thanks, Fred. So, so the connection here was that when MJ decided to go back to school for a doctorate work at, uh, at USC and looked at the psychosocial issues of long duration space flight and how do you, how do you make sure that an astronaut doesn't uh, deal with mental health issues which consequently affect performance due to these ice conditions when they're in space. So here they are approaching Mars, 20 minutes away for the speed of light to, to reach them, which means for them to feel connected with their loved ones on Earth is extremely difficult. A conversation that takes place with 20 minutes delay one way, 40 minutes round trip is not a conversation, it's a report. So we said, gee, I wonder if it is a companionship that the individual needs? Do they need a social robotic? And said, well, that's not really the problem. The problem to solve is this feeling of connectedness. So how could we allow that person to feel connected and to feel as though they're having a real time, real time conversation 
with the loved ones on earth. Because if they don't, what happens is they look at a camera, they give a report, the report gets shipped off a day later, the family looks at it, or mom or dad does. And there's a, a maybe a response that doesn't really respond to the questions they ask. And pretty soon this, it degrades over time. And people don't like looking at a camera just talking. They like having a dialogue. This is human, human nature. So we said, how could we, how could we address that? And came up with this idea we call time shifting, wrote some IP on it, some intellectual property, had a patent granted on it, which is quite amazing. We're very excited. But the idea is, is an interesting mix of using AI ultimately to facilitate conversation to create the sense that you are actually talking in real time. Obviously, we're not going to break the, the law of physics, but what we can do is we can create the feeling and perception of engagement that causes you to say that you, you and, you're, and, and allows you to recall what happened as though it happened in real time. So I'll explain it and show it. So you'll, you'll begin by hearing the therapist um, ask a question speaking to the astronaut, and this the therapist and the family are pre-recorded. The astronaut is live and then she'll be pre-recorded as well, but they'll be having a, she'll be having a dialogue with the family. Hi, Jamie. Let's take a look at your last chat with your family about the possibility of a puppy. Mom, we can take care of him, really. Hi, hon. Nick and Daphne really want a puppy. What do you think? No kids, a puppy needs lots of love and care. We'll make a dog house. And I'll make him a scarf. Mike, if you agree, Nick and Daphne, if you agree to really take care of him, then I'm on board. Yay, we have a name picked out too. Jamie, if I remember correctly, you had a dog as a little girl. What was his name again? Oh, Major, what a great dog. We're gonna name him Sky. I love it, Sky, that's fantastic. So what, what uh, for those listening, you were hearing a, uh, an exchange between the astronaut at a different time with a family at a different time that has been time shifted together. And the live astronaut on the space station is now watching that historical playback. So she sees herself speaking to her family. Now the astronaut is on the, on the ship and she'll be now speaking to a video of her family, but she'll be engaged and we'll proceed. Jamie, we have an update. Nick and Daphne have a special surprise for you. Mom, look, here's Sky. Daphne, can you show mom? Hi, mom. Sky says hi. Oh, Sky. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. Nick and Daphne are both doing really great with Sky. They've even mopped up a few little things. Nick and Daphne, I'm so excited for you. I know you're going to take good care of Sky. We're so happy. Thanks, mom. Thanks, kids. I'd like to speak with mom alone for a moment, okay? Okay. okay. Bye. You guys, you guys take Bye, Mom. So pause for a second. So again, what's occurring on the screen, uh, the astronaut uh, is uh, Jamie is is now real time for herself. She's engaged with a video of her family that took place previously. Previously, she was speaking to family and her, her husband and the children about the dog. And now uh, the therapist is, is basically finding the right moments to interject to guide the conversation in a time shifted manner. Hon, I'd like your advice. Remember that new job possibility? Well, they've offered it to me and they want me to start next year and I'd love your thoughts. That's great news. I'll be home with you when it starts. I'm eager to hear all the details as soon as you have them. Mike, I know this is a hard decision for you given Jamie's absence. Thanks, Katie. It's a big change and the right decision. That is if Mike likes the details and his new boss. 
So Mike, Jamie has some great news to share too. I have my first spacewalk around Mars tomorrow. I'm so excited. You can watch me on Wednesday at 2 p.m. your time. I'll even wave. Bye for now, Jamie. Bye-bye. Love to you all. So we just did a jump shot away from, uh, away from uh, the view of, the, of Jamie speaking to her family, then in, this, in the capsule um, as she's waving goodbye. And now that, that package with the video and the timing and information is now is, is sent in a composite manner back to Earth. 20 minute delay, it's received by the agent. The agent then in a producer role and a director role extracts what, what's appropriate and then sets up a discussion that the agent now has in real time with the family on Earth using the video that was created in space. So this is on Earth. Hey, Mike. Hi, Nick. Daphne. Let's take a look at your last chat with mom. She's really excited. Mom, look, here's Sky. Daphne, can you show mom? Hi, mom. Sky says hi. Oh, Sky. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. Nick and Daphne are both doing really great with Sky. They've even mopped up a few little things. <laughs> Nick and Daphne, I'm so excited for you. I know you're going to take good care of Sky. We're so happy. Thanks, mom. Thanks, kids. I'd like to speak with mom alone for a moment, okay? Okay. okay. Bye. I'll pause. I'll pause there. So as you note now on the screen, you see on Earth the family in the left window is observing themselves having delivered this information to mom, but get to see mom's reaction. So it's as though they had the conversation with mom. And the agent in the lower corner, the therapist, facilitated that and will continue to facilitate an exchange now. Uh, between the family uh, on, 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 on Earth and, uh, and Jamie in a pre-recorded manner. And then it will continue and I'll, for time's purpose, I won't flip to go to the third one, but the third one will be back in space and we would continue this on. MJ, why is it that this kind of communication is important in terms of, of space travel, um, as opposed to having to put up with the delay of however long it would be to try to have a real-time conversation. The, the value of it, uh, Fred, as we see it, and we are collecting uh, data on this to, to uh, check this hypothesis, is that, that when, when astronauts that are on long-duration flights have tailored exchanges, in other words, these are, these are already uh, understood that these are important topics for them, uh, their family, the family's uh, uh, activities, what's happening in a, in a career basis between uh, them, their spouse, partners, other colleagues. These are the kinds of topics that we've heard are important topics for them. And they wanna feel relevant and they wanna feel that they uh, also, uh, you know, have some very positive exchanges. It's a long time to go on these missions and having these available to them keeps them feeling uh, optimistic and that, uh, that their, their future throughout all the phases from pre-mission, during mission and post really connect them with, with these people that matter the most to them. Otherwise a delay would be, I forgot exactly how long you said, Jim. 20 minutes each way when you're, uh, depending upon the orbit of Mars, but roughly you can figure 20 minutes to Mars, 20 minutes back. So it doesn't feel like a conversation really at all. Correct, correct. And, and to, to add to, to MJ's point, it's be, 
remaining a part of the day-to-day -day activities of your family. Very, very simply. Because when you don't, when you're, when you, when you're no longer part of their life, what, what, we've, what we've seen, I've learned from MJ, is the astronauts return and it's as though they've not only been gone, but they've fallen out of the lives of their loved ones. And this creates big problems. And NASA has seen this over and over again. And the astronauts are feeling it day by day as gradually they feel less aware of what's occurring, like a discussion about a new dog. They might get a note, we got a new dog, but they wouldn't be part of the discussion. Or if, if the spouse has a new job opportunity, maybe they'll get a note that it's done, but they're not part of it as it unfolds. So remaining relevant to the family and the family relevant to them, both directions, is just critical. And then to add again, time shifting, as you mentioned, Jim, it's, it's very frustrating to uh, have a delay. We've all experienced this when we, when we have it in our own technologies. It can be critical if you're exchanging important and, and time critical information, but it, it can be just plain frustrating and you can put off communicating if, uh, if that's what you know you're going to expect. And really interesting. Help. Really interesting. I think I would have named the dog Laika, but that's just personal preference and an inside joke for people who've followed space for a long time. So oh, like, how, do, yeah. okay. how, how, how do you bring this to NASA decision makers? And what's the process that you go forward with from here? <clears throat> Well, uh, I've uh, been in touch with a number of people who are affiliates of, of NASA, former uh, NASA employees and current ones. And uh, what their um, guidance is at this point is to, to continue with the validation on it. Uh, NASA uh, works uh, um, using a framework called technical readiness level. And it goes from one to nine with one being a concept, maybe not more than on paper. Uh, to developing this concept into some prototypes and then putting it uh, into operation all the way at level nine. And uh, I'm um, looking at analog types of opportunities for this. And analogs are conditions that are like space that give us some feedback. And there are uh, several analogs around the United States uh, and internationally. So we're already... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the process from here is is awareness. Um, uh, already, some insiders in behavioral health at NASA, some astronauts, former astronauts, advisors, educators, as well as uh, space analogs um, that we've spoken to. And the objective would be to carry the research forward a bit more than to do a pilot in a, uh, in a in what's called a space analog. And there's space analogs in Hawaii. Um, there's one, and they're scattered around the world where they're closed environments where astronauts go for weeks to months to emulate what it would be like on, a, on Mars or on, on another, on, on the moon. Terrific. And uh, I don't know, do you, either of you have ambitions to <laughs> go up there? I know you're, you're a pilot, uh, MJ. Well, I've seen it from, uh, you know, my personal behind the wheel, as they say, at only a, a couple few miles up. But um, I would be very excited to be on a flight uh, and an orbital flight would, would be very, very exciting to be on. And I'll follow MJ wherever she goes. <laughs> okay. And it's gotta be exciting to you what we've been seeing this year for the, for the first time. We're taking the first steps. We'll look back on these, on these years and say, oh, I remember that. That's when. 
and uh, that will be our new our new destinations. As an entrepreneur as well, looking at the the now the venture funding that's flowing into space, that didn't happen five years. That was not thinkable five years ago. The risks are too high. So the government seeding has has again, um, which is wonderful. The government seeding and this type of research allows us uh, to then have uh, industry step in, and we get public private partnerships, and then we have private investment as well. And we're in the the middle of that cycle. And um, I'll make one note tying it back to canoe because the time shifting here that we're talking about is something as well that we're experimenting with for canoe, which is how do we have even a grandparent that's in a different time zone that might otherwise have difficulty due to their schedule or their time being able to stay connected with a grandchild and have moments when they're in person and other moments that are time shifted where they again feel that they are connected. Well, terrific. Where can people go for more information about the, the kinds of work that, that you're doing here? Jim, I'd, I'd be happy to, to talk to anybody that had some uh, insights, comments, uh, suggestions. Uh, uh, my website's available. I'm on LinkedIn. So in the website? Um, what yeah, is- mjmargrath.com. And, uh, and my, my Gmail is available there too. Please contact me. And it's spelled M-A-R-G-G-R-A-F-F, because that can be tricky. (laughs) That's right. Two Fs, like Foxtrot, Foxtrot. (laughs) Terrific. And people can find Canoe as well now, K-I-N-O-O. K-I-N-O. Kin is in family and kinship. Kin, double O, canoe.com. Right. And we mentioned uh, MJ's book uh, before, but Jim, you've had a book out too. Both of you authors, uh, how to Raise a Founder with Heart, a Guide for Parents to Develop Your Child's Problem-Solving Abilities. Um, I've learned not to buy sodium. I've learned a lot of things by, by reading that. Mistakes we've made. <laughs> Congratulations on, on all that you're doing, and thanks for taking the time with us. Thank Great you to be having. here. Thank, Thank you, you for very much. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers, and that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, Without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC SkyWave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.